Welcome to the podcast of Life Change Church, where we exist to love people to life change. We hope that this podcast is both challenging and encouraging to you. Enjoy the message. All right, well, hey, good morning, and that is our youth uh, director, Caleb Nilo, who I don't even know where that accent came from, but it did drop off later, so we really got to filter those before Sunday mornings, I'm just saying, right? But anyways, hey, we're welcome, excited you're here today at Life Change, and we are, we're in the middle of a series entitled Jesus, uh, so what we've been doing is we've been jumping in, and we've been talking about Jesus, and we've been talking just uh, about his life, we're going to talk about his teachings, we're going to talk about his healings, and some of the miracles and the works that he did, and we've been talking about how that makes a difference to us. And what we learned from the first week of this series is this, the more we get to know Jesus, the more we get to know God, right? The more we get to know Jesus, the more we get to know God, which is the whole entire reason for this series. In fact, Jesus said it this way in John chapter 14, verses 11 and 12. If you have your Bibles, you can go there with me. If you don't have a Bible, we always challenge you to download the YouVersion Bible app. Listen, we are at our church. We start off right from the get-go. We're a church that believes in the Bible, and we believe in it not just on a Sunday morning, but we believe that you need to be reading it every single day. But in John, in John chapter 14, verses 11 and 12, it says this. This is Jesus speaking. He says, believe me when I say that I am in the Father, and the Father is in me. Or at least believe on the evidence of the works themselves. Very truly, very truly, I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works that I've been doing. And they will do even greater things than these because I am going to the Father. So the more we get to know Jesus, the more we get to know the Father. Because he is in the Father and the Father is in him. So in this series, we're jumping in and we're learning about his teachings. We're learning about his works. We're learning about who he is because what it is, it's a glimpse of God. It's a glimpse of how God works. It's a glimpse of how God wants to work through us and do even greater things. All right, now how many of you didn't pay attention to a single word I said right there because you had a piece of paper in your hand and you're ready to do something? <laughs> Let's just be honest, All right? So today what we're going to do is we're going to learn about some temptations and we're going to learn about some tests. So right now you can get that piece of paper out. It's okay. I know you might, some of you already did it, but you can get that piece of paper out. And then there is a pin in the seat back in front of you or the seat behind you if you're in the front row. But uh, you can grab that and we are going to take this test together. So right now is your opportunity to take this test. And I believe we have some, some fitting music from our, our tech team right now. So. How many, how many of you guys are done? How many of you, you know that you passed this test without a doubt, right? All right. How many of you have a blank piece of paper, no writing on it whatsoever, and you weren't here in first service? <laughs> right. so if you have a blank piece of paper, no writing, congratulations. You either passed the test because you paid attention or you're just really lazy and you didn't want to get the pen from the seat back in front of you. But yeah, you still passed, all right? Now, the question is, how many of you were tempted to jump in and start answering questions before, I, before you actually read all the way through and, and maybe you failed? 
How many of you actually uh, failed before you even started while I was still talking in the intro, right? Some of us will be honest with you. Listen, I'm going to be honest. I had, a, I had a teacher do this in sixth grade to me, and I've been waiting for the opportunity ever since, right? I'm like, someday I'll have a captive audience, and I'll be able to get some people back, and it's going to be amazing, right? So I want to thank you for playing along. Listen, if you did fail and you fell into temptation, we still love you. It's fine, right? We still love you here at Life Change Church. Um, but... We're excited. We're going to take this test today, and we're learning about some tests and some temptations. So how many of you are tempted? You just want to know all the answers on this right now because you have a blank piece of paper and you just can't take it anymore. Do we have anybody like that? All right, we're going to appease the one or two people here. So let's just go over some of these answers right now. What's the title of the current sermon series that we are in? Jesus. Good job, guys. What was the passage of Scripture that we studied last week? And if you weren't here last week, you get a free pass. But if you were here, 3, 13 through 17. Good. What's the name of the person sitting next to you? If you don't know them by the end of the service, by the time you leave, make sure you, uh, make sure you introduce yourself to them. All right? We want to connect with you. What, why does Life Change Church exist? To love people to life change, which we define as a growing relationship with Jesus Christ. What year did uh, Life Change start? 2014. What's the best way to get connected here at Life Change Church? Discover is the winner. I would accept life groups and our serve team as well, but if you want to jump in, you want to get to know people, those are the ways. And the first step is discover, which, shameless plug, we have that next Sunday after this service at approximately 11.45. So if you haven't gone through that or if you're interested to learn more, shameless plug, discover next Sunday. And the question is, have you been to discover? And if you said no... Come next Sunday. Weird, right? So, and then what happens at the last Saturday of every month at Flory Park? We have a community meal that we serve, and it's free to everyone, free to those that even serve as well. What happens the second four Sundays of every month at 6 p.m.? Prayer. Prayer and child care is provided, so show up for that. Then number 10, I could tell when you guys got to that because everybody chuckled there at that moment. But, uh, so we'll skip over that. But what's taking place January 26th after the 1030 service? Discover, and then what happens January 26th at 6 p.m.? Prayer mixed with our annual partnership meeting. So I will say this, uh, our annual partnership meeting is the one time we get together for the year and we uh, be kind of like our business meeting, but we do it in a way that's, uh, that's less painful than maybe you've been to a business meeting before. We do it in a way where we celebrate what God did in 2019 and God did some amazing things. And then we do it in a way where we look forward to, uh, to what's happening in 2020 and we're going to spend some time praying together. So if you are a partner and we want you there, it's required to be there. If you're not a partner, we challenge you to come to Discover, find out more, and even become a partner, and you can come and check that out uh, next Sunday evening at 6 p.m. So that is it. Let's jump in, and let's, uh, let's talk about some tests and some temptations, right? We all just took a test, right? And many of us, we were tempted with that test. Like many of us, we were tempted to maybe take it a little earlier, right, during my, my insightful and just engaging intro of this message, right? I, I know. But some of us, we were, were tempted. Some of us, we, were, we actually did the test, and we did pretty well. And the truth is that many of us, we are, we're tested and we're tempted every single day. I mean, think about it. For some of us, we've been in a season of test-taking. Right? For some, maybe it's been at work where we've actually had some written tests, where we're taking a test to, to help us in our career. Some of us, maybe we're in a season where we're going through some medical tests and getting things checked out. Some of us, maybe we're just going through some, some life tests as well. And think about what does a test do? 
A test gets us ready for the next level. Right? A test really grows us. A, re- a test really keeps us, keeps us healthy. Right? It opens the door for more opportunities. And the truth is we all go through tests, but we're also tempted as well. I think about it, we're, we all have certain temptations. I mean, some of us, we are tempted to skip the directions. Right? Some of us, we are tempted to take some shortcuts. Right? Some of us, we're tempted in our lives with, with other things. Maybe we're tempted with comparison. We, we compare ourselves to the person next to us. We compare ourselves to the neighbor thinking, man, I wish I just had that. Right? Some of us, that's a huge temptation for us. Some of us, we're, we're tempted to overeat. We're tempted to, to fall in gluttony and to, and to eat stuff that's the wrong stuff or eat, overeat and really try to, to help ourselves to feel better about ourselves. Some of us, maybe we're tempted with uh, overspending and shopping, right? We have any shopaholics in here, right? Some of us, we're tempted with that. Some of us, we're, we're tempted to criticize. We can't go in a room without picking stuff apart, right? And everything is negative. Some of us, that's our temptation, right? We're constantly negative. Some of us, we're, we're tempted with lust, anger, pride, right? Whatever it is, there's a lot of things, and we are often tempted each and every day. But here's what I want you to understand. If you're in here today, and you're in a season where you just feel like you're being tested over and over again. Or if you're in here today and you're in a season where, man, you are just getting hit by temptation after temptation after temptation, I want you to understand you are not alone, right? You're here and you're not alone. You're not by yourself. In fact, if you look at it, Jesus himself was tested and tempted as well. And we see this in Matthew chapter 4. What we're going to read, we're going to read verses 1 through 11 which is our main passage of Scripture where we're going to stick with today. But this passage is showing that Jesus was both tested and tempted. And this passage of Scripture actually picks up exactly where we left off last week. It picks up right after the baptism of Jesus. So let's check this out. If you have your Bibles, you can flip with me to Matthew chapter 4. Let's read verse 1 here. It says this. It says, Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. All right, we're just going to stop right there. Because as I read that, let's just be honest, that's a little weird, right? right this whole concept is a, is a little weird. Here's Jesus. He was just baptized. He was baptized by John the Baptist. He had this amazing experience. If you remember it from last week, he took this initial step of obedience. He took this initial step in following the will of God for his life, where he humbled himself and became like man where he humbled himself and became like a sinner. And he made himself like a sinner and he was baptized. And in that moment, the spirit came down and it said, you are my son whom I love and am well pleased. Right, that's an incredible thing. Right? But then it says this, then it says the spirit led Jesus in the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. Let's just be honest, that is not encouraging. Listen, we have three baptisms happening today and please do not run out the doors right now, right? right? But this is, this is what happens. This is what happens. Jesus had this incredible experience where he's baptized. He knows his value. He knows his worth. God comes and tells him who he is. He says, you're my son whom I love and I'm well pleased with. And then the same spirit leads him into temptation. And I love this because it's so real. Right? It shows that Jesus was baptized, but that wasn't the end game. Right? There was so much more to come. There's so many more steps of obedience. There's so many more steps that, that involve testing and temptation. And the truth is life is not easy. Following Jesus is not easy. Being obedient to God, taking those steps, it's not a cakewalk. Right? There's going to be some times where it's hard. Right? There's going to be some things that involve growth. And in order to grow, we're always going to be tested. And when a test comes, so does temptation. But here's what I want us to understand. The testing comes from the Spirit. Right? The testing comes from God. But the temptation comes from the devil. The temptation comes from Satan. 
In fact, here's really what I want us to walk away with today, and here's what I want us to understand. God tests us to push us forward, whereas Satan tempts us to pull us back. God tests us to pull us forward, whereas Satan tempts us to push us back and to pull us back. If you think about God, he uses tests to to grow us. He uses tests to take us to the next level. He uses tests to to see if we're going to be obedient so he can even put that next step in our place. The testing comes from God. In fact, if you look at it, God's testing has precedence all the way in the Old Testament. Again, through this series, we're spending a lot of time. Obviously, we're talking about Jesus, so we're spending a, a lot of time in the New Testament. But I would challenge you. I would challenge you to go back and read your Bible through this week. Read some of the stories in the Old Testament where God has this precedence of testing. One incredible example is in Genesis 22, 1 through 19. Maybe you want to write this down so you can read this later this week. But Genesis 22, 1 through 19 is the story of Abraham, where God tests Abraham with his son Isaac to see if Abraham would be obedient. Another story is, is the story of the Israelites all throughout Exodus. In fact, the whole book of Exodus, maybe you make that your reading plan through this week, through this month even. But the whole book of Exodus shows where, where God sent Moses to go free the Israelites from slavery. And then God tests Moses in the wilderness for 40 years by himself. And then again, he tests the Israelites with Moses for another 40 years as well. And this, this story really parallels what we're, what we're learning today as well. But the Israelites, if you look at it, they failed their test. But today we're going to see how Jesus overcame temptation. In fact, Deuteronomy 8.2 sums up this with the Israelites. It says this. It says, remember how the Lord your God led you all the way into the wilderness for these 40 years to humble and test you in order to know what was in your heart, whether or not you would keep his commands. Listen, God wants to know what's in our heart. God wants to know if we're going to take a next step. God wants to grow us, and he tests us to push us forward. And if you think about it, a test is given to a person, why? For the opportunity to choose what is right. And we all have this thing called free will. And we all have this th- thing that we get to choose by ourselves. But God wants, us to give that, God wants to give us the opportunity to choose what's right. He wants us to choose obedience, so he tests us. A test is really, it's, it's hoping for success. And God wants us to succeed. He wants us to choose obedience. But Satan, Satan tempts us. Satan tempts us for failure. Satan intends to compromise us. Satan intends to break us. That's his intentions with Jesus, and it's the same with us. Because here's what a temptation is. A temptation is this. A temptation is, is anything that promises satisfaction at the cost of obedience to God. And it's what Satan does. It's who he is. It's his whole scheme. It's his whole plan. And here's what I want us to understand about temptation. though. Temptation itself is not a sin. So I think many times we're tempted, each and every one of us are tempted. And again, Satan, one of his things, he uses that to pull us into sin. And if he can't pull us into sin, what he does is he tries to condemn us and it gives us this feeling of condemnation because we've been tempted. But, sin, but temptation itself is not a sin. If you look at it, Jesus was tempted, but yet he never sinned. Right? He was perfect. He's the only one to live a perfect life. And he did it for us, right? to pay the penalty we all deserve, died on a cross and was risen again. But Jesus was perfect. In fact, Hebrews 4.15 says, For we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weakness, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet he did not sin. Jesus was tempted, but yet he did not sin. What's tough, though, again, it's a tactic that Satan uses to try to get us to sin, to try to get us to slow down, to keep us from moving forward. So here's what I want us to understand about it. Temptation is not a sin, but you're also not above temptation. Listen, it's coming, right? 
It's coming. It's going to happen. If it happened to Jesus, it's going to happen to us. It's a tactic that the devil uses. And he's not created. He's not creative. He uses it over and over again. It's his go-to, right? But we have to understand where it's coming from. It's coming from the devil himself. It's not coming from God because God will never tempt you. James 1.13 says, When tempted, no one should say, God is tempting me. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. God will never tempt you, but he will test you. God tests us to push us forward where Satan tempts us to pull us back. If you look at it, this is what the Spirit did. In Matthew 4, 1, Jesus was led by the Spirit because God was testing him. And the truth is, the Spirit doesn't always lead us into safety. God's promptings are not always safe, but they are are always opportunities for us to grow. There's some times where God's prompting might push us into a harsh environment. There's some times where the Spirit may lead us into a harsh environment. Where we're prone to being tempted by the devil. Some of us are like, man, I'm so glad I have the Holy Spirit now, right? But listen, the truth is, he's there because he helps us grow. He pushes us forward. He pushes us forward. And we're just in verse 1, right? So let's look at verse 2. Satan was led by the Holy Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And then check out what happens here in verse 2. It says, after fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. The tempter came to him and said, if you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread. Right, so the first time I read this, I was like, after fasting 40 days, Jesus was hungry, and the temper came. Right, I'm thinking, like, Jesus is hangry? Like, I know when I'm, I, if I don't have food for a while, I, I get a little bit angry, and the temper comes. But that's not what this says, right? It says the tempter comes after 40 days and 40 nights. Jesus fasted. He was hungry, which obviously makes sense. And then the tempter came. And notice this. Notice the timing of this. The tempter, Satan, came after 40 days when Jesus was really at a weak point. The tempter came at one of the the areas of of Jesus' weakness, and he tried to get him to compromise in that area of weakness to fix something. And what he used is he used doubt on his identity. He instilled, he tried to instill, install doubt into Jesus. He says this, if you are the son of God. Now again, if you remember from last week, we learned that as Jesus came up by the water, God came down and says, you are my son. So Satan goes immediately right to his identity and attacks that says, if you are the son of God. Right? Challenging to approve his, uh, to prove his identity. Challenging him in that area. Right? Challenging him in an area where he was weakened. But check out how Jesus replies here in verse 4. It says, Jesus answered, It is written, Man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Right? Jesus, Jesus knew who he was. And then what he does is he immediately quotes Scripture. Right? He immediately quotes Deuteronomy 8.3, which again parallels this instance with the one where the Israelites had, were tested and failed. And really what it is, it's showing and setting up the redemption power of who Jesus is and how he passed the test and how we can pass the test with his help as well. Right? But the devil wasn't done. That was temptation one. Temptation number two is here in verse five, so check this out. It says, Then the devil took him to the holy city and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. It says, If you are the Son of God, he said, throw yourself down, for it is written, He will command his angels concerning you. And they will, lift up, they will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. Now again, this is, a, this is a little weird, right? The devil took Jesus to this high point on the temple and then basically says, jump, right? Now the exact location and height is not necessarily known, but what was known is during this time, temples were the highest place in the city. They could be very, very high. And in fact, records show at this time, a Herod's temple stood 18 stories high. So here's Satan, takes Jesus maybe up to about 18 stories high and says, jump. But what Satan is trying to get Jesus to do is he's trying to get Jesus to put God 
to the test at the cost of obedience. And again, he attacks his identity, then he tempts him with something. He attacks his identity, he says, if you are the son of God. And then he tempts him He tempts him by trying to get him to test God. But Jesus responds in verse 7, says, Jesus answered him. It is also written, do not put the Lord your God to test. Again, Jesus quotes scripture. He quotes Deuteronomy 6.16, which talks about how, how testing God is not an act of obedience. How testing God is, is not an act of faith. But really, it's, it's an act of doubt. It's an act of placing yourself before God, placing your will before God's will. And so Jesus refers back to this and he answers this, he answers this temptation with Scripture. And then Satan comes back again. Here's the third time here in verse 8 where it says this. It says, again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. He says, all this I will give to you, he said, if you bow down and worship me. Now this temptation, number three, number three is the kicker, right? Number one was really just an attack at weakness. Number two was, was trying to, to really get him to play the role of God. But number three is something that Satan has to actually offer. Right? Satan is the rule over this world. And he says, you know what, Jesus, you can rule this world. You can have everything. You can have all these things that look nice and shiny. You can have this whole entire kingdom. It can be all about you, Jesus, right here, right now. But it comes at a cost. If you bow down and worship me. What it is, it's a temptation. And it's a trap. Our temptations are a trap to, to lead us to disobedience. Our temptations are a trap that can lead us to sin. And Jesus knows it. In verse 10, it says, Jesus said to him, Away from me, Satan, for it is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Again, third temptation, the third time Jesus comes back quoting Scripture. He's quoting Deuteronomy 6.13. Right? And he's quoting it with authority. He's quoting it with some sternness. He's saying, Away from me, Satan. In fact, the only other time that Jesus used these words were when Peter, when, uh, was when Peter was actually trying to rebuke him for saying that Jesus was going to die on the cross. Peter's like, no, Jesus, that's not going to happen to you. And then what does Jesus do? He says, away from me, Satan. Because he knew that God's plan was greater. Right? He knew that that's a trap. That's a temptation and a trap. Right? And he wants no part of it. And check out what happens next here in verse 11. It says, then the devil left him, and the angels came and attended him. Jesus passed the test. And because Jesus passed the test, there's hope for us as well. Right, when we're faced with a difficulty, we can remember that, that God is just trying to stretch us, that God is just trying to grow us, that God is trying to get us to that next level. And after that next level, there's comfort there. Right? Where Satan will leave us and the angels can attend us. Right? There's progress there. Again, God tests us to push us forward, where Satan tempts us to pull us back. I said it before that, that temptation itself is not a sin, but we do need to understand that the whole goal, the whole goal of Satan is to get us to sin. And he uses temptation to do that. He uses temptation combined with our human nature. See, our human nature, we actually are prone to sin. We're sinful by nature. And Satan knows this. So what he does is he places temptation in our way. Now, I would say this. I think sometimes we give Satan too much credit. We're like, oh, Satan's attacking me today. I'm really getting, right? Not today, Satan. Listen, Satan's not omnipotent. Satan's not omniscient. Satan's not omnipotent. He doesn't know everything. He's not all present. He's not anything, right? That's who God is. Satan's none of those things. What he does know is he knows who we are, and he knows that we can fall into our, our regular human nature. And what he does is he places temptations in our way. I think a lot of times we give Satan way too much credit. We give Satan way too much credit. And because we do that, we fall into temptation and our weakness. Right? Again, if you look at it, 
Satan showed up and he placed a temptation in Jesus' path at his weakness. And he does the same thing for us. And many times we fall because of it, because we see a shortcut. But understand when a shortcut's there, we're missing out on some of the journey. We're missing out on some of the things that God wants us to do, right? Sometimes the shortcuts aren't worth it. And in life, shortcuts aren't worth it because so many times they can lead to sin, right? I think temptations, they also show up. They show up really enticing us to take things into our own hands. Again, if you notice that Satan showed up to Jesus trying to entice him to jump, not at the command of God, but at the command of him. And listen, there's some things that I think we jump into that aren't at the command of God, but they're at our own command. And the result, the result can be sin. And because of that, listen, sin has consequences. It may feel good in the moment, but the truth is sin has consequences each and every time. And the consequences are guilt. The consequences are, are, are shame. It's condemnation. It's regret. And many times we live in that because of temptation. And another one, temptation also gives us a false hope. You look at that was the last thing. Satan came and he tempted Jesus and said, you could have this whole entire kingdom. What it was, it was a false hope. I think many times we get that same false hope. Like the, the shiny, the things that look good, the things that look like it's going to really affect us in the immediate moment. Right? Let's be honest, sin in the moment looks good. In the moment, it may even feel good. It may feel right. But there's always consequences to it. And the consequences far, far, far outweigh the risk. I want to challenge you. Be above temptation. God tests us to grow us. God tests us to push us forward. But Satan tempts us to pull us back. And the good news, though, is that we can overcome temptation. Right? We can overcome temptation. 1 Corinthians 10, 13 says, no temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can endure. Understand this, there is a way out. There is a way to endure it. And the way is through Christ. And what's amazing about it is that Christ gives us the perfect example. And it's not that he did anything supernatural or outside of a human body. If you look at it, the, th the steps that Jesus did to confront, to confront temptation are things that we can do each and every day. Because he sets the example for us. He sets the example for us. Hebrews 2.18 says, Because he himself suffered when he was tempted, he is able to help those who are being tempted. He helps us. He is our help because he is our example. And number one, the thing we have to model off of what he did is we have to prepare. Listen, I said that none of us are above temptation. We're all going to get it. So guess what? We need to be prepared for it. Right? We need to be ready for it. We need to put some things in our lives that, that gets us ready for it. If you look at Jesus, it said that the Spirit led him out to the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And then immediately, his next step is it said that he fasted for 40 days and 40 nights. Jesus knew where he was going. Right? He knew that he was going out to the wilderness. He knew that Satan was coming. He knew that he was going to be tempted. So he immediately fasted. He immediately put in the spiritual discipline to prepare himself. And fasting is a spiritual discipline. If you've ever done it, it takes work, right? You got to grind a little bit. It takes determination. It takes focus. I think we got to prepare. We got to prepare with some spiritual disciplines in our life. We've got to be ready for what's to come. We're not above temptation, so it's coming. So I want to challenge you. I want to challenge you to prepare. Maybe for you, Maybe for you, that's fasting. Listen, I don't teach a lot about fasting, but what fasting is, it's, it's giving up something that you need in order to rely more on God. Most commonly, it's food, right? Most commonly, it's food. So in this instance, Jesus gave up food for 40 days and 40 nights so they could rely more on God. Listen, I want to challenge you. Maybe that's where you are. 
Maybe you need to, to, to fast. Maybe you've never done it before. Maybe it's a spiritual discipline you never practiced. Maybe start with just one meal, right? This week, fast a meal. And so I'll tell you this, you won't feel closer to God during the fast. I'm just going to give you a little heads up. In fact, like I do this and I usually am more angry, but I can look back to it and say, you know what? God got me through that. He can get me through this as well. It's preparation. So I want to challenge you. Maybe if you've never done that, maybe fast, fast a meal, maybe fast a whole day, maybe fast three days. If you go over that, you might want to, you might want to talk to a doctor to make sure you can do that and you're healthy with that. But I want to challenge you to fast. Maybe for you, it's not fasting food. Maybe it's fasting social media. Maybe you're just killing time scrolling through Facebook, going through Instagram, doing all these things, and you're killing so much time. Use that time instead with God. I'll challenge you. I'll challenge you fast from something. Put in a spiritual discipline so that you can be prepared. Maybe for you, maybe you're not there yet, and that's okay. Maybe for you, maybe it's just prayer. Maybe you need to step up your prayer life a little bit. Hey, listen, prayer is a spiritual discipline. Yeah, it's talking with God, it's listening to God, but the spiritual discipline portion of it is actually putting time in our calendar. It's making time in our calendar, scheduling that. That's the discipline of that. I want to challenge you. I want to challenge you. Make time for God. Prepare by putting a spiritual discipline in place. Maybe, again, it's reading your Bible. Listen, we're a church that believes you should read your Bible. Listen, there's stuff I say up here on Sunday that, man, it may not be good. Like, it may not even affect you. But I can tell you what, if you read your Bible every single day, there's going to be some days where God's teaching and he's, and he's talking to you directly. But you've got to open it up. You've got to put it in practice. You've got to set some time aside. You've got to figure out a way to, to open up, have a reading plan, whatever it is. I challenge you, put some, put some disciplines in place so that you can prepare. Right? Prepare for that temptation that's going to come. That's what Jesus did, and we need to model that. So number one is prepare. Number two is to proclaim. In any temptation, we need to pray, proclaim the truth. Right? We need to proclaim the truth to confront that temptation. If you look at it, Each and every temptation, all three of the temptations of Jesus, what did he do? He proclaimed truth. He used scripture in the face of that temptation. He used scripture to pass the test, right? And we need to do the same. We need to proclaim the truth, which means this. means we need to know scripture. means we need to be constantly learning scripture. We need to constantly be reading about it. We need to constantly be, be writing it down, maybe even memorizing it as well. If you look at it, Jesus, it was right off the top of the head because he had memorized scripture. We need to do the same thing. What's incredible about us now is that we have access to Scripture in so many different ways. We have a search buttons on the Bible app. We have this thing called Google where you could search. So listen, maybe you don't have to memorize it all, but there's a, you need to know where it's at. You need to know how to access it. And I want to challenge you. When you're confronted, when you're confronted with temptation, face it head on with Scripture. Proclaim truth in the face of temptation. It's what Jesus did, and it's what we can do as well. It's nothing supernatural, the fact that Jesus used Scripture. Listen, we have more access to it than anything, right? And we can use it. So I want to challenge you to proclaim it. What if we could live out the words of the psalmist in Psalm 119.11 where he says, I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. So when we proclaim the truth that's in our heart, it allows us to overcome temptation so that we can say, I didn't sin against you. That's not I want to challenge you to proclaim Proclaim the truth against temptation. Number two is that. Number three is to push back against Satan and to push in to God. Right? Push back against temptation. Push back against the devil. Right? Don't just fall into it. Don't just give up. Don't just be like, oh man, I'm tempted again. Ah, well, maybe I'll get him tomorrow. No, push back, right? Fight back. Push back against Satan. If you look at Jesus, he says, away from me, Satan. And the truth is we need to do the same. 
We need to push back and resist the devil. James 4, 7 says, Submit yourselves then to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Push back and resist the devil. Push back and resist temptations. And one of the best ways to resist temptations is to eliminate what you can. Hey, listen, for you, maybe for you, you look to food to comfort yourself. Maybe you're tempted with, with overeating and gluttony, right? Maybe you look to it for comfort. Listen, I challenge you, remove some food from your house. Right? Remove that junk food from your house that's your go-to. When you go to the grocery store, don't walk down that aisle. Right? Remove those things, remove those barriers. Maybe for you, maybe for you, maybe it's alcohol. Maybe you're tempted with alcohol. Maybe you're tempted to, to look to it and self-medicate it. Listen, I challenge you, remove it from your house. Drive home a different way from work so you don't go by that bar, right? Remove those things from your life. Fight back against them. Resist the devil. Listen, maybe for you, maybe it's stuff on your computer or phone. Maybe again, maybe you're killing time because you're scrolling through social media, right? Remove that app from your phone so you don't do it. Maybe for you, maybe it's pornography, right? Maybe that's what you're tempted and you're addicted to. You can't get over it and it's what you feel, where you feel love from. Listen, that's a lie from the devil. Remove, put blocks on your phone. Fight back against it. Say away from me, Satan. Set up some blocks in your life and say, away from me, Satan. Resist the devil. Push back against him. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Push back against Satan and then push in to God. You look at it, Jesus says this. He says, away from me, Satan. For don't you know that it's written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Here's how we push into God. As we worship him. And we serve him only. And worship, we, we had an incredible time of worship with music, but worship goes beyond a Sunday morning in worship. Right? It goes in every single day of life. One thing I find that's, I always laugh at myself, but I, I always find myself amazed at God. Like, I, I'll hear stories of, of praise reports. I'll, I'll see some things, and I'm always like, man, that's amazing. Like, I can't believe that. I can't believe God did that. But why? It's God, right? That's what he does. That's who he is. But I think God wants us to be in awe, right? He wants us to, to stand amazed at him. He wants us to say, man, I can't believe it because what it is, it's worship. And we can worship him every day. We can worship him every day by just opening our eyes and seeing him work in our friend's life, seeing him work in our life, seeing him work in our family's life. Right? We can just open our eyes and we can be in awe of him. I want to challenge you, live a life like that, right? Live a life pushing into, into God by worshiping him. Push a life, live a life by pushing into God by, by serving like him. Listen, serve Serve. We look the most like Jesus when we serve. So husbands, serve your wife. Wives, serve your husbands. Parents, serve your kids. Kids, serve your parents. It starts in the family. It starts at home. Listen, we should look the most like Jesus around our family. We should look the most like Jesus and those that are closest to us. Because that's where our testimony begins. Listen, we're going to do baptisms in just a moment, and it's amazing. Baptisms are one of the, the most fun things we do. We celebrate the fact that, that people are making a decision for Jesus and the fact that, that Jesus can change some lives in an incredible way. What it is, is a testimony, and our testimony starts out, God. Our testimony starts at home, and it starts with how we serve God. So I challenge you, serve at home, serve with your family, serve in your neighborhood. Right? Serve here at church as well. Right? Jump in, right? push in to God. Listen, we can overcome temptation. We can overcome temptation. And the good news is they're not supernatural steps. They're steps that Jesus laid out for us that, that are actually pretty easy. They're actually things that we can do that we already have access to, regardless of who you are. They're steps that we can put in place. And when we do, we can overcome temptation. And the devil can leave us and we can be attended by the angels.
Again, if you look at it, Jesus overcame temptation and he sets the example for us. And really what we need to do is we need to understand that when we're getting tested, temptations are coming. And then we need to understand this, that every temptation is really just an invitation to depend more on Christ. Every temptation is an invitation to depend more on Christ. It's an opportunity to grow. But we have to prepare. We have to proclaim. We've got to push back against Satan and push in to God. God tests us to, to push us forward. Satan tempts us to pull us back. So the question is this. Will you be tested or will you be tempted? If you would, pull the connection card out in the seat back in front of you. Maybe you're here today, and maybe for you, maybe for you, your first step to push back and to push into God is making a decision to follow Jesus. So if you're here today, maybe you made a decision to follow Jesus, but maybe you walked away, or maybe you've never made that decision. Listen, I want to give you that opportunity. God loved you so much that he gave his son to die on a cross for you and be risen again so that you could be freed from the slavery of sin. If you never accepted that and you want to today, I want to give you that opportunity on that connection card in the seat back in front of you, there's a box that says, I want to make a commitment to follow Jesus. If that's you, check mark that box. Check mark that box and believe that God loved you so much that he gave his son for you. And then receive him as your Lord and Savior and receive his forgiveness for your sins. Check mark that box. And in just a moment again, we're going to have baptisms. And what baptism is, it's, a, it's really a first step in obedience. It's a first step in, in obedience in the fact that we made a decision to follow Jesus. Maybe you're here today and maybe you check mark that box. Guess what? Your next step is actually baptism. So maybe here today you want, to, you want to make that happen. What you can do is you can check mark the box on some of the newer cards that says, I want to be baptized. If there's not a box on that, that's not a sign. You can still mark it on your card, say, I want to be baptized. You can write it. Pen works. You can write stuff out. It works. Right? But I challenge you to do that. Listen, for us as a church, we want to be celebrating what God's doing in people's lives. It'd be amazing. We have baptisms every single Sunday. Let's make it happen. Right? Maybe for you, maybe God's asking you something today. Maybe you haven't been prepared. Maybe you haven't been preparing. Maybe you've been lazy in some of your spiritual disciplines and God's saying, you know what, it's time to step it up. Maybe he wants you to fast. Maybe he wants you to read. Maybe he wants you to pray a little more. Listen, whatever it is, write it down. Maybe, maybe God wants you to proclaim. Maybe some, some lies you are believing that you're falling into temptation. It's time to, to put some truth to it. Whatever that is, write that down. Maybe it's time to push back. If God's asking you to do something, write that down. It's our way to, to track with you. It's our way to pray with you. There's also a place for prayer requests where we would love to partner with you in prayer. If you would, take this moment to fill that out, and then Seth will be up in just a moment for the next steps. Thank you for listening to the Life Change Church Podcast. If you were here today and you were listening, and you made a decision to follow Christ, we would love to hear about it. Or maybe you're here and you're listening, and that God is asking you to make the next step with whatever that it is in your life. We would love to hear about it and partner up with you. If you would, go to www mylifechangechurch.com and under the media section please fill out the contact us information and let us know if you made a decision to follow Christ let us know what God is asking of you and if you need prayer we would love to partner up with you in prayer as well we hope that you enjoyed the podcast and that it both encouraged and challenged you have a great week